Welcome to Declare, the official podcast of the Libertarian Party of Ohio. Each episode, LPO Communications Director Aaron Keith Harris talks to the most interesting people promoting liberty in Ohio and around the world. You can send questions and comments to news at lpo.org. Hi, this is Aaron. My guest today is Bob Bridges, Chairman of the LPO Executive Committee. Well, Bob, why don't you tell me a little bit about who you are and how you got involved with the LPO? Well, um, by uh, career or profession, I'm a tow truck driver. Uh, I uh, recently, uh, well, not so recently, but about five years ago, six years ago, I moved my family from one part of Westerville to another part of Westerville. And as we were doing the move-in process, I'm walking through the parking lot and I see a bumper sticker on a pickup truck that says, Friends don't let friends vote Republican. And there was another one that was libertarian-leaning as well, uh, but I, I can't remember what it is at, the t- at this moment. But So I was like, wonder who this is. You know? And I found out eventually it was Steve Lineberry. And as conversations go between neighbors, uh, you know, talking about the topics of the day, and I would be ranting and raving about something that I heard on Rush Limbaugh or something on the news with, about what Obama was doing. And uh, every time I would stand there and talk, I would talk myself into a libertarian position. And Steve would point that out to me quite, quite often. And so finally he asked me if I wanted to attend a Franklin County meeting. And so being curious, I was like, sure, I'll go down. And so I attended the Franklin County meeting, and while I was there, uh, Mark Noble, the chair at that time, uh, was asking for volunteers uh, because he was looking for a political director and a communications director. Well, communications director didn't sound appealing to me because... I'm really not a talker, and anybody that really knows me knows I'm very brief in my statements. Um, however, political director sounded quite intriguing. So I went home and got on the computer and got on Google and typed in political director because I wanted to see what a political director did. And the only thing I could come up with was Chris Todd from NBC News uh, as an example of a political director. And I was like, well, this doesn't help me in the least bit. So the next month came and I went down to the meeting again and Mark Noble still said that he needed uh, a political director and a communications director and I raised my hand and volunteered to be the political director for Franklin County. Tell, first tell people who Steve Lineberry is briefly. Uh, and he ended up being your next door neighbor. Yes, yeah, um, Steve Lineberry is my next door neighbor. He's a longtime party activist uh, since the beginning of the Libertarian Party. Uh, he's very active in all, all levels, uh, from county to, to state to national, and he sits on, currently sits on the Judicial Committee uh, for the National Libertarian Party. And I couldn't be any luckier to have yeah. a, a mentor and a and a guide through the transformation from becoming a diehard Republican to a Libertarian. Right. Now, now, the reason I was a, a diehard Republican is because my dad's a Union Democrat. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so to be the rebellious son. Yeah, it was pretty funny. I talked to high school um, uh, classes on behalf of the LPO um, fairly often. And, um, and, and and talking to them and talking to other people, it's amazing how many times our political, our first sort of political leanings are either because we want to be like our parents or because we want to be exactly right. opposite from them. Um, and so that's not uncommon at all. Um, so we're going to fast forward a lot. You've helped out at uh, different um, um, uh, at different capacities with the state party. Let's uh, have... I come to know you about four or five years ago. Uh, in 2014, you are a statewide candidate for auditor. auditor. And how, what, what percentage of the vote did you get? Uh, 4.7%. Right. And our, our candidate for Secretary of State, Kevin Nether, got almost the same. He got a few thousand, maybe a few hundred fewer votes than you. I, he did get a fewer less than I did, but uh, I just to thump on my chest a yeah. little bit, I was the highest libertarian yeah. vote-getter in the state. Well, and I yeah. think it's, um, 
I mean, that's pretty good, almost 5%. And um, in a close election, of course, that can make a difference. I know we had a state rep candidate about three or four years ago, Brian Callahan, who hit the, the total that he got was greater than the difference between Party A and Party B. Right. And so occasionally uh, we're getting more um, notoriety and being more effective on things. Um, I And if I may piggyback off of that... Uh, we we are getting more notoriety and we are being taken more serious because uh, the auditor estate race was the only race that had a debate for the, for the candidates right. and they included all three candidates uh, to the debate. So are are we becoming a political force to be reckoned with in Ohio? Most certainly. Are people starting to take us serious? Most definitely. Yeah. I think we're getting there. I know from dealing with the media that, um, you know, I get a lot of calls and inquiries from uh, reporters all around the state. Sometimes they use our, and you do too, sometimes they use our quotes, sometimes they don't, but um, the reporters are are curious to know where we stand on things. Um, we're going to talk about you uh, being our, our new chair here in a second, but you also moonlight as a what? You're the only, as far as we know, in Ohio and maybe in the country... Well, well, thank you. Uh, yes, I am a registered lobbyist in the state of Ohio. Uh, I am the only libertarian lobbyist that has ever been registered in the state of Ohio. And I, I'm very proud to wear that badge with, with great honor. And it's kind of funny when I go down to the Rife Center or I'm walking in into the state house, uh, I'm known as the libertarian. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it, it's... This is uh, quite a unique uh, thing that we have going on in Ohio, and I look forward to having libertarians elected into the House yep. so uh, my, my moonlighting business can, can grow a little bit more. Right. So how do you, as you know, a lot of lobbyists, most lobbyists are not that principled, uh, they work uh, for anyone who will pay them. Sometimes they w- will only work for Republicans and not Democrats just because they don't want to tick off their Republican clients. But for the most part, most lobbyists in Columbus and D.C., you know, if you pay them, they will do work for you. They don't have a whole lot of, um, you know, a whole lot of scruples on stuff. How do you decide what clients to take and and balance that as a party activist and a party leader and as someone with clear political beliefs. So how, how do you decide who have you worked for and tell us about just a couple of the things that you've been doing the last year or two? Uh, well, one of, the, um, one of my previous clients uh, was in the vaping industry, and uh, they, they came to me because uh, Governor Kasich was trying to impose a tax upon the e-cigarette devices themselves. And so that, to me, that one was kind of a no-brainer because, uh, number one, I, I'm not a big fan of taxes. Right. Uh, number two, uh, it's, it's vaping. It's, um, some call it a, a cigarette replacement. Some call it uh, a nicotine-ingested device. Um, whatever it is, uh, as a libertarian, I, you know, I believe it's your body, it's your choice. Um, so... That client w- was very easy to, to, to take on, and uh, I was very successful in beating back that tax. Right. And so, currently I'm working on a, a medical bill right now uh, for an organization called Ohio Patients Can, um, which I work as their d- executive director, but I do that pro bono. Um, and the only reason why I'm working pro bono is because I believe... And what I'm doing, it, it isn't a matter of making money. It's about doing what's right for people in Ohio. Right. Um, now I've been asked on this bill because there is a tax in there, and there is a whole new tax structure, and there is some regulation uh, on how I can support such a thing and be a libertarian. But the way I see it, it's closer to the steps of liberty than what we have now. So it's a medical marijuana bill Correct. that would be um, um, 
different than uh, respons- so-called Responsible Ohio Issue 3, which um, the Libertarian Party, um, we voted to recommend a no vote on that um, based on that, you know, it's not full legalization and it basically gives what, 10 businesses, the exclusive right to grow and distribute marijuana. And so, right, right. Uh, and I think a lot of people are realizing that um, who want um, more open, less um, restrictive laws on marijuana for adults. Um, and so it's, it's kind of weird how government can do things that, you know, people, well, why are the libertarians against a, a marijuana bill? Well, we're against this one because it's monopolistic and has some other big problems, but uh, your bill that you're helping is a medical marijuana bill that would, in addition, so there, it's it's hard to get anything passed. Right. Uh, uh, Republicans and Democrats without them attaching some sort of tax or bureaucracy onto it. So there's that in there, but it would all it would do what as far as, um, it, is it med- medical marijuana exclusively? This particular bill. That this particular bill is is exclusively for medical marijuana. But what it does, it, it sets up a whole industry in the state of Ohio. Um, but it, it's not limited or regulated to who right. can run it. Anybody can apply it and, and do this. Uh, so there, there's no uh, monopoly that comes out of it. There's no one person getting rich while the other person is getting poor. And the government's not selecting and choosing winners and losers in this. Um but, who, but, like, one of the questions I've been asked is, well, you know, can patients grow their own? And if so, how much? Uh, what what we have suggested is 12 plants uh, for a patient to grow and their caregiver and or their caregiver. Right. Um, yes, there is a way for uh, dispensaries to be set up. There is a way for, uh, I don't want to use the word commercial grow, but commercial medical grow right um, as well and yeah as you mentioned um, there is a tax structure put in there there is a little bit of bureaucracy put in there but if somebody's going to do it wouldn't you rather have a libertarian putting it in there versus a republican or democrat well and again like um, I think people ask me a question a lot on specific um, proposals and things like that that um, I you know libertarians can philosophically um debate and talk about a lot of things and how we would really want things to be but you know some people say politics is the art of the possible so i think that um if we were if capital l libertarians were so radical that we wouldn't compromise on anything then we just wouldn't be involved in the political process but the fact that we want to change things and you know without sacrificing principles reduce the amount of power government has over people's lives then it's a it's a net win for liberties. So what um, what's the exact name and number of the bill, and where does it kind of stand now? Well, the bill doesn't have a, a real name or number yet. Right. Uh, only because I don't have a sponsor. Okay. Um, where I, it's sitting at now, uh, all of the Republican leadership uh, in the House and the Senate has the bill. I've been talking exclusively with their aides and with other representatives. Uh, there is a lot of support for my bill, um, but we'll see if the, if they'll act, if they'll move. Uh, I'm being hopeless, hopelessly optimistic only because the last 20 years they've had a chance to do something and they have yet to act. Right. Uh, here it is at the 11th hour. We have a, an organization coming in and wanting to change the Constitution, and we all know that if a constitutional change is done, it's going to be harder than heck to right. to reverse it or to change it. At least with a bill, it can be voted down or struck out again. Um, but I've added one more uh, piece of nuance to that. Um, if the legislatures are, the legislators are too afraid to move forward with the medical bill, it would be a, a pilot program that mimics uh, the medical bill that I have. But it, uh, one of my main concerns is uh, children with uh, Dravet's syndrome uh, having epileptic seizures. Okay, okay yeah. the, the, the cannabis oil from medical marijuana 
uh, is known to stop those seizures and to uh, allow a child that has this syndrome to have one more seizure and to be in pain uh, is unconscionable. And we have it. We need to make it available and get it to these children. Yeah, and if it's one of those things where, um, you know, if the parents and the doctors want to use it, they should have another option. I mean, this isn't forcing it on anybody. It's not, again, it's some people want this option. Some people are using it now in Ohio at the risk of breaking the law, right? Well, currently they are breaking right. breaking the law. But, yeah, I, I don't want to, you know, tell all I know. Oh, well, that, uh, but, yeah. But uh, if anybody's seen the movie The Dallas Buyers Club, right. um, I'm sure something similar is going on in Ohio. Yeah, that's a great libertarian movie, by the way. We should do a podcast on great libertarian movies, cause, and Dallas Buyers Club would definitely be on there. Um and that's, again, it's, it's people having the choice. That's what libertarians are for. As long as you're not hurting uh, someone else or defrauding someone else, then um, you may not uh, consider it for your child. Um, it may not even be an issue for you. But you know, it's, to me, it's very hard to stand by and watch when the government is telling a parent who has, and there, there may be, you know, not many in Ohio, but for those families, the choice is, let my child suffer or be a criminal. Uh, right now, there's uh, 57 families that work with uh, a sister organization called Ohio Family Scan, who uh, are working for the same goal. That right. we're working together for the same goal. Uh, to me, it, to allow one person to suffer is just as bad as allowing a hundred thousand people to suffer. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that our legislatures should take into account if they're listening to this is that these families are leaving these patients are wanting to leave and move to Colorado these these people are active taxpayers in Ohio so what you're causing is a reduction in tax base right and when you reduce the tax base it increases taxes on those who stay yeah and Ohio has a problem with losing population both in raw numbers and in relation to other states right now. And part of it is because of too much government. Correct. Um, and um, we could do a whole other podcast on that. So um, we're re- recording this a uh, couple days before the end of September. And um, just about uh, eight or nine days ago, you were elected chairman of the LPO Executive Committee. And we had our first um, Executive Committee meeting a couple of days ago on, what was it, Saturday, Saturday. the 26th, I think? Yes. So, um, and at that meeting, we kind of set some uh, priorities going forward uh, for the party. Uh, it's been a uh, interesting couple of years that, uh, um, that you know, it takes us a couple hours to go through all the stuff with SB 193 and the Charlie Earl campaign and all those things, um, and most people, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably know about it, and if you don't, there's um, resources on the webpage um, to do that, um, but what I want to talk about now is, like, where are we now um, with the uh, Libertarian Party's access to the ballot here in Ohio? Uh, currently, our ballot access is still in question, uh, only because we are tied up in, in court still with the, with the court case. Secretary Husted has taken it upon himself to say, nope, we're struck from the ballot. Uh, however, uh, we still disagree with that. Right. Um, so, where we are, uh, we're still doing, finishing up with discovery. And this is the LPO versus Husted, which is a federal court case challenging SB 193, which uh, was passed, what, September? Of 2013, passed Correct. as an emergency measure, signed at the very last moment possible to have it go into effect uh, for the 2014 cycle. Um, and what it did was, basically, if you're not a Republican Party or Democrat Party, you're not on the ballot. Um, that's the simple uh, way to explain it. And um, so if it, if it stays law, then the LPO... Uh, would have to collect a certain number of signatures, which we're going to get into here, to get back on the ballot. And we challenged it immediately. Um, 
and the judge uh, prevented it from being implemented in 2014, which is why we had candidates at the state and local levels. Correct. Um, and um, but he hasn't ruled. He never d- did rule about 15 or 16. So that court case uh, that you're talking about, discovery wrapping up, um, is to try and decide things for this cycle going forward. Um, so, uh, sorry to interrupt, but just a little bit of context there. Uh, no, that... so, so if we win the court case, we should be granted access to the ballot again the way we were before, which is any party with a modicum of support, which means if you can fill out the forms and have some meetings. But, correct. Yeah. Um, if, if 193 gets struck down... Um, we expect. We expect 193 to get. Well, no. If it does, we expect that directive to go back in. Correct. We'll we'll be on for uh, the ballot in 16 by directive and moving forward until Ohio can come up with a better ba- ballot access law that's constitutional. Correct. And I say we assume we would be back on by the federal court directive, but it's up to the judge. Um, we, we think that's our honest analysis of this, but we're certainly not presuming um, uh, the judge may have different opinions on the matter. We obviously respect that. Um, so um, because we're in limbo, we had a, a, a big um, sort of decision to make at the XCOM meeting, and what, what did we decide? Well, uh, let me uh, add something in there real quick sure. that goes along with this. Uh, I'm a big fan of the six Ps which is prior planning prevents piss-poor performance. Since we are in limbo, we need to be planning, and um, which is, brings us into the petitioning effort. Um, if for, for some wild reason uh, SB 193 is upheld and the Libertarian Party of Ohio has to re-petition or petition to get ballot access again, um, we're going to have to, I believe, is collect thirty five thirty five valid thirty five thousand valid signatures. I think it's either thirty two thousand or thirty five thousand, and we're going to have a page. Uh, I'm actually working on that now to get a um, a page up on um, lpo.org about this. And um, because we need about that many, our goal is to get about sixty thousand signatures. And why why do we need much more than the number of valid signatures required. Well, as anything goes with uh, doing petitions, you always want to uh, boost that number up a little bit because people may move, their addresses may be incorrect, they may not be registered to vote, they may have passed away. Um, so you always want to cover the insurances on, on that, as well as anybody that knows that the history of this party uh, the Republicans are going to go through every line, I believe, signature by signature. So yep. um, the more valid that we have, yep. the better we'll be. And Responsible Ohio, they were in the news a lot for their effort. They had a really high invalidation rate. Did you, Do we, it seemed like they did. Maybe, if, if I'm wrong, tell me, but. No, they had like a 40% validity rate. Well, that seems a little low to me. Well, yeah, it is. I mean, if you're, yeah. it's a paid petition company. Their, okay. their numbers should be, um, in the seven sixties to seventies. I would think so, especially because in in this instance, anybody who's a registered Ohio voter could sign. Correct. And it's a different type of petition for responsible Ohio or another ballot initiative, on one hand, and a party formation, which is what we're getting ready to. Well, we've actually started. Um, uh, but the as to who can sign and who can circulate petitions, it's the same. Basically, anybody who's a registered Ohio voter can sign. Um, and so we're we're shooting for about sixty thousand signatures. The deadline is July sixth, I think. Of July sixth of twenty sixteen. Twenty sixteen for us to be able to have our candidates in the general election. Right. Uh, on November sixteenth, which would mean our candidates would be picked at convention. Right. Versus a primary. Right. Because basically one of the, um, under the law the last few cycles, we've been able to be on the ballot um, as libertarians in the primaries. Correct. And therefore the anyone who comes to the polls and selects a libertarian primary ballot has a say in it. And so that's just another way how SB 183 has 
restricted democratic participation and voting rights. Correct. It takes the um, who's going to represent the Libertarian Party in the general election, takes it away from the voters, and puts it on the party and people who show up as members of the Libertarian Party to pick it. Of course, you know, we are okay with that. We'll still field candidates, but we would rather have voters uh, decide that at the ballot box. Um, so even so, if we requal if we lose the lawsuit, and if we requalify um, with a petition effort, then we would have some sort of convention uh, to pick our candidates for the November ballot. Correct. Um, and then once that once that is done, the only way we can retain ballot access is for our presidential candidate to pull three percent. Right. Now people say, well, that's a pipe dream. It can't be done. Um, yeah, uh, one may say it's a pipe dream. It can't be done. It's been four. It's been done four times in the state of Ohio. People told me my write-in campaign for state auditor couldn't wouldn't happen. Right. Um, the Libertarian Party of Ohio ran two writing statewide write-in campaigns. Right. And was able to achieve both candidates on the ballot through the write-in and process. get get almost five percent in the general too. Correct. And I think it's interesting, people, we as libertarians, um, you all, we often come up against the sort of wasted vote argument. I know campaigning for Gary Johnson um, in 2012, who got more than a million votes nationwide and got more than 50,000 votes here in Ohio, I can't tell you how many people I talk to this, yeah, I love Gary Johnson, I would vote for him, but I hate Obama too much, or I hate Romney too much, so I have to vote against the guy I hate most, right? And so I think people are getting sort of more and more fed up with that and looking at the field of the two major parties now, like, no, the members of those parties aren't happy with who they're putting up. Right. I was just listening to uh, a Republican elected official um, on a talk show today talking about how he doesn't like anybody except Trump, you know, and so it's a crazy election cycle. And But the point is, is whether or not... Um, whatever the polls say, that as libertarians we want to give voters a choice of liberty versus the same old thing. And so that's basically what our executive committee decided, um, that even if we may have to requalify or all this stuff, that we owe it to our principals, we owe it to our supporters, and to the voters of Ohio to give them that option. So we're going to go ahead with the petition effort and get out Yeah. Um, so give us a little rundown on exactly how we're going to get these, um, signatures. You're going to get them for me. Well, yeah, <laughs> actually Bob says that I'm on a, um, committee with our political director, Patricia, Tricia Sprankle and, uh, Scott Pettigrew, who's our current, uh, executive committee vice chair. And I'm an at-large member of executive committee, um, uh, we voted to that our sort of committee under the direction of uh, Trisha Sprankle and political division are going to do that. And um, we have a sort of a mid-range plan right now that we're getting ready to post. Um, and we're going to have detailed information on the website on this podcast um, about how we're doing it. We're finding people to represent us in different parts of the state, our central committee members, executive committee members, county party leaders, um, are going to get signatures, and um, so the the key is is to get people uh, collecting these signatures and um, signing the petitions. Um, one of the things uh, to me, it's going to be a very easy ask of people. Almost, if, most certainly, right. uh, I I agree with you one hundred percent. Just to curtail off of what you were saying, uh, it's going to be an all hands on deck situation here, and. Uh, we can do it. I know we can. Yep. We have the numbers. Um, there are a lot of, uh, I don't want to say Ron Paul people, because Ron Paul's kind of... He's semi-retired. Right. But there is a lot of Charlie Earl people out there that yep. are very pissed off yep. and have contacted me over the months. You know How, how can we help? How right. can we help? Um, so we're going to be reaching out to... Yep. Um, the, those people, we're going to be reaching out to other liberty groups. We're going to be reaching out to... Anybody who cares about voting rights right. and voter choice. And that's why, um, and just to clarify, that you can 
circulate petitions to get the Libertarian Party on the ballot. You can sign the petitions, but that doesn't obligate you to vote for Libertarians. No. So you could still be a Republican who's dissatisfied with your party, a Democrat who believes in, like, Democrats over the last 60 years, maybe not so much lately, but they, you know, traditionally a lot of older Democrats especially... Um, we're very good on voting rights issues. So the, those people can help. Independents can help. New voters, we get a lot of a lot of younger people are more likely to identify as libertarians. So when we ask people to help us, whether it's organizations or individuals, or when we just ask the people we know to sign, like like it's, I don't really see very many people at all saying, oh well, I don't want voters to have one more choice, right? Right. So that's that's going to be, um, uh, and we are have plans and already have made some inroads in reaching out to other groups who, um, again, they, they wanted another choice with Charlie Earl on the ballot. A lot of Tea Party people, I think, were not happy with Kasich and his very liberal record, especially on spending. He increased spending 25 to 30% in his first uh, term. And so a lot of people... We're going to give Charlie Earl a look, but well, yeah, we I know what I, happened. Yeah, obviously they were af- afraid enough of Charlie Earl to spend a half a million dollars to keep him off the ballot. That's so. correct. And and uh, another <clears throat> thing, people say, well, even if you would have a th- uh, a third or fourth name on the ballot, and um, even if you would get in the debates as a governor candidate or as a presidential candidate, it still won't make a difference. You're still going to come in third. Well. The one thing that, again, we saw with the, the Kasich um, um, dynamic of the Kasich um, sort of dirty tricks against um, Charlie Earl, it wasn't that Kasich was afraid about losing the election. It's he didn't want to talk about certain issues in the election at all. He had right. a very weak Democrat candidate who didn't put up much of a fight, and he didn't want Charlie Earl on the other side, on the pro-liberty side, on the lower-spending, lower-taxes side, he didn't want somebody out there that could even take 5 or 10% away. I think one poll had Charlie at 12 or 13. Correct. Um, and, you know, several months before the election. But because we all knew John was going to run for president, and he didn't just, he didn't want any debate on anything. He just wanted it to be a coronation. And that's what he got. Um, and I think voters uh, in Ohio would have been better off and better informed if we had a strong candidate like Charlie Earl bringing up those issues that, you know, the reporters are not going to bring up those issues. We know that most reporters don't really look at liberty issues that well. Maybe maybe I'm being a little uncharitable there, but uh, that's the thing is we want more debate. We want to get the liberty message out. Most certainly, and the only way for us to be able to do that is to petition again right. to, to have ballot access. Right. Um, because, like, you, you you stated earlier, uh, the Libertarian Party of Ohio owes it to the voters of Ohio to give that choice. Right. Um, if you're interested in helping, uh, right now the best way to do that would be to email info at lpo.org. And I'm one of the people that sees those emails as they come in. So if you want some petition forms, you want some help and support right now, which we would love to have it right now, uh, email us at info at lpo.org. We'll get you some petitions in the mail, um, and we'll go from there. Or you can stop by the Ohio Libertarian Party office at 2586 Tiller Lane, Suite 2K, and pick up a petition. Yeah, that's kind of on the north side of Columbus, so you're if, if you're in the area. What's the phone number? The office phone number is 614 Four five seven six. Give it a give it one more time. Six one four. Uh, six one four seven one five, four five seven six. Okay. Um, so if you call that, if no one picks up, um, leave a message and we'll get back to you. We'll again help you in any way we can. Keep an eye on lpo.org for the information on all this, um, and we'll update you more on uh, further podcasts. Um, well, also be sure to check our social media. Yep as well because um, whatever goes up on the website usually gets mimicked out yeah. over it on social media yeah if you're on um, Twitter Instagram or Facebook just do Libertarian Party of Ohio and it'll take you to our page different abbreviations on each one that um, I'll put on the they're on the all over the web page too so 
so we're, we're doing this organizing. We're having people call and get started. Um, another thing that we're going to need is money to run a political party. We, ho we really hope uh, that we don't have to um, use any paid petitioners this time around, but we might if we get close. Um, but we also, we're going to need to buy paper. We got paper. We have uh, ink, uh, printing cost, mailing cost, yep. um, uh, as well as uh, dri driving people around the state, driving yep. crews around the state. Um, the, the money uh, expenditure... Uh, I know we can do off of an all-volunteer effort, but even all-volunteer effort still costs right. a little bit of money. Our brothers and sisters to the south and to the west, and I dare say the north uh, and other states, uh, have offered uh, their support to come over and, right. and help out. Um, I'm a firm believer that there is no such thing as a free lunch. Right. But if they're offering to come over and help out, we can provide a, a gas tank of money. Right. I mean, a gas tank of fuel. Right. Uh, yeah, so. a gas tank of money, that'd be... <laughs> that'd be nice. But we're pretty... I know we're really frugal. Um, but, yeah, buy somebody a hamburger or a pizza, maybe. Uh, most, you know, I can't tell you how many um, volunteers all over the state who spend a lot of money and time driving back and forth to Columbus. And Almost definitely. Events and who make monthly contributions. And, um, you know, we don't have... How many paid... Staffers, do we have in the Libertarian Party of Ohio? None. None. Yeah. Um, every it's all volunteer, um, as opposed to other parties who spend millions and millions of dollars and have lots of lawyers and consultants and all kinds of people sitting around all day uh, doing whatever the party bosses want. Um, so, you know, it takes money to get some of these things done. So. Uh, we'll talk about, um, how, you know, info at lpo.org. Um, also on the page, it's lpo.org, I think, slash contribute. Yes. You can find it in the um, um, sort of the menu at the top of the page. Um, but, and yeah, we have to keep track of all the money, um, you, you know. So we're not, you know, we get, uh, we submit all our paperwork to the Ohio Elections Commission. So there's, you know, transparency there. And, um Basically, we want, we want to be able to print up these things. Another idea, uh, we're going to possibly work on sort of an informational handout about the LPO for people who want to know more about um, us as they, oh, yeah, well, I want another choice on the ballot. I'll sign. Well, what are you guys really about? Well, we want to have a, you know, a card or a half sheet of paper to give to them. Um, and so, again, we're, we're going to need a little bit of money to do that just for the, the printing cost. You know. As well. Um, as day-to-day -day operations, yeah. um, we have to keep the office uh, open. We have to keep the lights on. We got to pay the phone bill. The website. The website. All, all those things uh, come from you, uh, yeah. the party member. Um, our our Libertarian Party of Ohio will only be as strong as you make it, and quite frankly, we need your support. Right, and. Monetary, but also if you want to step up and be a volunteer at the state level, if you want to get involved with the petition effort wherever you are, even if you just want to get 10 signatures, friends and family, we will mail you a form that you can um, get signed and send back. Um, It'd be nice if you use your own stamp. Yeah. Wink. Yeah, when you send it back, yeah. Um, but we'll get them to you. Um, and if you want to get involved at the, uh, we have a few active county parties and uh, but we want to start developing those more as well as university groups. Um, so if you're at a college, a high school, or if you you know are a grown up adult, like I don't know if I would consider myself one, but I guess I am. So, but uh, yeah, if you want to help get involved with an existing county party, or you want to start one, um, uh, again, info at lpo.org will hook you up with the right people and the resources to do that. Um, so, um, in addition, what are some other things kind of on the horizon? Uh, petition effort um, and the court case, job number one, ballot access, um, recruiting candidates, whatever also, whatever, uh, what other things are we focusing on right uh, now? Recruiting candidates and uh, re revisiting an old idea um, with a lot of, uh, I, 
a lot of the activists in the party uh, kind of cheered uh, when I was elected chair. Um, and I don't know if that's because they thought I was going to make the LPO an activist wing party versus a political party. Uh, I, I'm not. We're a political party. Um, but we need activists, and we need our voice out there. Right. Um, so uh, one of the things I'm looking at nurturing along is, is the activist response team that uh, goes out with uh, groups like Cop Block and or goes down to the state house to protest and uh, do the things that activists do. Right. Um, We've got the uh, the uh, presidential debate coming to my backyard, Wright State University. So either we'll be out there supporting the libertarian candidate or protesting in, the fact in, that he was he or she was shut out. So. Right. And what which is you know some some of our members don't have the the stomach to go do something like that where right. other other members you know thrive on doing things like that. So, uh, w one of my main goals as chair that I'm looking at is making an all-inclusive party. There is something here for everyone. Yeah. Um and it's just it, it's not your daddy's or granddaddy's libertarian party anymore. Um this is the party of principle. We are playing politics serious in Ohio yeah. because if we weren't we wouldn't be going through the court cases we wouldn't be fighting so hard we wouldn't be trying to change law to make it more open and fair for everyone here in Ohio right so um, so we're always looking for candidates as well too yes uh, and how, what's the email if you want to be a candidate possibly uh, candidates at lpo.org candidates plural with an s on the end at lpo.org um, those go to directly to our political division um, which again uh, political director Sprankle uh, Trish Sprankle a wonderful person uh, as the political director um, or uh, if you have any questions uh, about it, uh, you can ping info at lpo.org. Yeah. Uh, but it, basically, if you have a desire to run for office, it's just candidates at lpo.org. Yeah. And then um, if if anybody wants to talk to you directly, you have just got your chair at lpo.org email. Correct. Um, so chair, like the furniture, um, it's not chairman anymore, chair human, but it's just it's chair. It's just chair. Yeah. So chair at lpo.org um, to talk to Bob um, uh, directly. And I know another thing that we've been talking about both on Central Committee and uh, Executive Committee is kind of building a culture of collaboration and spending a little less, a lot less time uh, debating things and um, uh, sort of disagreeing about approaches but and sort of getting everybody together on one page, learning to communicate better, get people involved on the level they want to get involved. Um, so talk about how we're doing that. Well, I noticed it Saturday in the executive committee meeting that it, it in, the, in the air there was a sense of seriousness, there was a sense of uh, urgency, and when I say a sense of urgency, it was a sense of urgency to get things done. Yeah. It, it seems, uh, you know, we go in cycles with with the Libertarian Party, uh, we got we have a presidential year, and then it'll be a high, and then it'll slump off and be a swing low, and then coming back up into a presidential year, it, it right. the pendulum swings high again. Um, so I, I'm enjoying the energy that that I felt in the room on Saturday. Just uh, people wanting to work together, yeah. wanting to get things done. You know, uh, people coming to the table to say hey this is a problem here's a solution yeah um and let's let's work on it or saying hey this is this is the way we've done it in the past this isn't working for us yeah. why don't we try something different let's try this approach and and you know i don't have a committee that's a rubber stamp committee everybody in there that has been elected onto the onto the executive committee uh, has their own opinion and at one point in time or another, I'm sure I bumped heads with a couple of them, especially the gentleman sitting across from me. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the beautiful thing about w being able to work together uh, as a team and, and working towards the same goal. Um, I express my passion a lot different than what Aaron may express his passion, but we both have the same goal in mind, and that's getting people 
giving the people of Ohio another choice. Right. And one of the other things that some people may not be 100% aware of is that our county parties are almost completely autonomous, right? Correct. Um, the, the state really doesn't tell the counties what to do, and the counties uh, don't give no money to the state right. to, you know, for special privileges. Yeah, we have separate bank accounts. Um, meaning, um, if Franklin County didn't want to run any Libertarian candidates locally, uh, I would be disappointed at the state level. Right. I, I would definitely be having a, a talking to with right. the county chair on what they're doing to, to promote liberty. Uh, however, uh, there's no straight directive right. uh, from the state down. And that's what that to me. That's one of the the good things is that not just obviously we're a political party and we want to field good candidates. Um, you know, we don't want to be just a, a lot of times you'll see on the internet or different people saying, "Oh, we should just educate people about liberty." Well, Cato Institute does that. Uh, Stossel does that. Mises Institute does that. That we've got no shortage of information and education about liberty out there and there's nothing preventing people from doing that and but in as a political party we want to influence things in the political sphere by getting candidates on the ballot and by supporting and and or opposing ballot issues and um and again if you don't like that as a libertarian that's fine do your thing somewhere else but um if you have a little different approach what works in Franklin County might be totally different from Cuyahoga or Athens or Jackson or Green, which is my county. And so if you have an idea of how libertarianism and the Libertarian Party could work in your county, then get involved with your county. And if it's not a full affiliate yet, get on the path to doing that. And And so you can do, you don't have to listen to what, you know, once, once you certify and qualify and but once you turn your paperwork over to your county board of elections you're an autonomous party you can you uh that party can endorse someone different than you know so oh yes most definitely and that's going to be our true way uh, of growing yeah is from the grassroots up um and with guidance from the state down um there's no amount of top-down is going to save us, and there's no amount of activism or grassroots up that's going to propel us. It takes the synergy of both in order to do it. And that's what's so unique about our party um, because uh, we don't take marching orders, so to speak, Um, which when it comes to, oh, Bob, you're the chair, everybody's got to listen to you. Uh, No, I've been tasked with a job. Right. And there's oversight, central committee, right. if if Bob goes crazy and, you know, then there's ways to deal with it. But, you know, I think we have a lot of good checks and balances in there, both that are required by law, Ohio election and federal election law. But also we're, we, we have, you know, our constitution and bylaws are on the website. You can see that we take the duty um, of being involved in the political process and representing libertarians seriously. We're not out here to... Um, to to be um, just sort of a a joke candidate or protest candidate, so we we're developing good candidates, and uh, we take it seriously. And so the state party, our number one priority is making sure that libertarians can get on the ballot as libertarians, and then ultimately we want to have parties in just the, you know every county we can, or at least every um, zone of the state we can. Um, so they can, again, the candidates that are going to work in southeast Ohio are going to look a lot different from those in Franklin County, in Toledo, in some ways. In another way, they're all going to be talking about liberty. So uh, there's lots of ways to get involved. And if, you, if you're in the counties, uh, one thing that we've really struggled with over the past few years is um, it's been actually better, I think, um, uh, lately. Um, but some counties want more help from the state. Yeah. Some counties want less. And so we want that communicate. So email chair at lpo.org if you're not getting the support you need uh, from the state party, and we'll do what we can to get that to you. Like oh. Franklin County kind of runs itself. They right. don't really ask for help. 
Uh, Hamilton County, I think, is pretty strong. Other counties, um, but if you if you on there and need a need some advice, need some resources, uh, we'll do what we can here at the state level. Uh, on top of, I'm working with communications to uh, set up an email list for me uh, because I want to have a county chair's email list. Yep. So one of the one of the major things that I heard and I saw. Um, in my years coming up through the party, uh, that sometimes there is a lack of communication or communication from the state to the counties on petitioning for a statewide candidate, for example. Yep. Uh, just kind of got fallen by the wayside. So I'm going to start and open up that line of communication that way. If we're all talking, if we're all communicating we all know what page that we're on. Yeah. That way we're all working towards the same goal. Yeah. Um, so one thing about the petitioning effort, uh, some people have said, well, why bother getting started with this if you think you're going to win the court case? And I really do. I'm, I, I think both of us, um, again, this is our own opinion. We're not claiming to know what the judge or the lawyers are thinking. But I think both of us are still very, very optimistic about the ultimate outcome of this. I, yes, very much so. I, I share your optimism right. as well. Uh, but as I stated when, I, when we started talking about it, yeah. uh, prior planning prevents piss-poor performance. If we know that this task is a possibility that right. we're going to be facing, yep. there's no reason why we can't prepare. There's no reason why we can't execute. Yep. That, we just don't have to turn them in if we win. Right. And the other thing is, is that I think the, the big advantage of this is it's going to give our activists, our members, our county party something to do. We're going to get together. We're going to learn how to work together. And my hope is, is that we get this running. We get a couple thousand signatures. We win the court case here in a couple of weeks. And then we'll have an organization set up to get a U.S. Senate candidate on the ballot. If, again, depending on what the law is. Right. Which would um, have to be done very quick. Which would have quickly. to be done fairly quick. We would we'd only need I think five hundred for that. Five hundred valid for right for uh, statewide senate. Right. Um, but we ha- also have house races, uh, some senate races that are going to be up. Uh, Ohio Senate, Ohio House, and also uh, when we prevail on the court case. Um, those that are currently sitting on the central committee of the state will have to file again to run for their seat. Yep. Or if you have a desire right. to get involved and want to be on the central committee, uh, you pull the petition. Yep. I, I think the signature requirement is only five. I think it, I think it might be five for central committee. Um, I think it's 25 for the other state offices. Yeah, for the state offices. But, and yeah, so info at LPO.org, we can tell you the right form and all that. Um, there, we, have two, um, we have two central committee seats for the state central committee, two from each congressional district, which means we have 32 seats. We have, what, 20 or 21 of them filled right 21 now? 21 filled right now. Um, so all of those people, including myself, I'm in District 10. Um, I'll, if I want to run again, I'll have to file again. But if, you know, other people, Jake Schulteis is in my district, but if other people want to run as well, uh, again, that's our hope that we're back on the ballot so the voters can decide. Um, and so we're going to be ready to do that. If So we're going to get the statewide petition organization up, A, to help our candidates, B, um, to um, the possibility, we've been kicking around the possibility of, if we win SB 193, we might want to try to put a, ba- a statewide ballot measure on talking about um, ballot access. We've had a plan for the last seven, eight years that Kevin Nedler and a couple other people put together. Of an out- We actually have the bill written, I think, that's a, a fair, open ballot access law that would help just about anybody who's serious uh, get on the ballot. Um, and so we might... Again, we we don't have any firm commitments to do anything like that, but we'll have an organization ready to do something like that if we want um, to do other things. Um, we'll 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 have practice working together. We'll have all the contacts. We'll have people involved, and that can't that's not a bad thing. No, not not in the least bit. And uh, my favorite thing to hear from people is that you can't do it. It can't be done. Right. 
because that just pushes me and drives me even farther to show that it can be. Right. And if we're getting 60,000 signatures, that means opportunity to talk to 60,000 Ohioans about what the Libertarian Party stands for. Most certainly. And uh, that can't, that's pretty, you know, that's, that's pretty cheap publicity to get a one-on-one with uh, 60,000 people. Um, but that's why we need a little bit of money to have those handouts and to, um, you know, to get, I know there's some guys at UD, I think, and I heard there's a group in, at, at Miami University, too, of some libertarians, that if guys like that need a tank of gas and some pizza uh, to spend a Saturday getting um, petitions, that's something we'd love to be able to do. And as well as to print out some materials, and again, the, we're, we're in the LPO offices here, and I know I've spent about a hundred dollars putting um, inkjet cartridges in there. I think we're gonna we have a better way to do the petitions, but ink and paper are expensive when you're it, talking most, about all this. So. Most definitely, we, we do have a laser printer in the back that uh, our illustrious IT team is working on matching it with our system in in here, so that. That should alleviate a little bit of that cost, but uh, again, paper is is going to be the, right. the main. It, it's one of the big things, and, and one of the other reasons why is because the eight by ten, eight by eleven, right? That right. everybody uses in every computer throughout Ohio. You can't use those petition. You have to use eleven by seventeen, right? Correct, and they they have to be. Uh, they call it what legal paper. And there's a certain way that they have to be printed, right? Which is, uh, you know, one of the lessons, one of the things we did for Charlie Earl, uh, we tried to uh, PDF the right. petitions for our statewide candidates yeah. during that time, and uh, people were printing the fronts one way and printing the backs a yeah. different way, and um, so the lesson learned. Yeah, uh, we'll we'll do it in house. We'll make sure it's right before it goes out. Right, and. Um, Again, that's we've talked a lot about this, and through the court case and the Charlie Earl and Lineberry and Chadmon and challenges and stuff like that. One thing, and if you look at political scientists who've studied this, um, talk to somebody like Ralph Nader, who most libertarians would greatly disagree with, um, but he's uh, been on the ballot a lot, both as an independent and I think as a Green Party candidate. Uh, the last time in Ohio, it took. I think he was, yeah. Yeah, it took took three years for that case to be settled. Right, yeah, exactly. And so the point is, is that a lot of these um, uh, requirements for what size paper, um, where you can, you know, all these petitioning rules are pretty complicated. And so that's why we're going to have a handbook up on the um, website and to mail out to people who need it, uh, explaining exactly how you have to do it. But the reason these rules are so complicated and the reason why you have to do it on 11 by 17 instead of 8 by 11 uh, is because they want to frustrate efforts of people working outside the two main parties oh, yeah. it, it, it's designed on purpose to to keep I, I don't want to use the word the common man right but the, the, the regular the non-political right. elite of taking part in the process right and again, um, the LPO, we've always lobbied for a bill that's fair to everybody, uh, in addition to the Greens and the Socialists and the Constitution Party and the whatever party. Um, you know, we're not afraid of uh, debating in the arena of ideas. We, we trust voters with the choice. Um, you know, I got 20 different kinds of deodorant I can buy, but I, but I only got two presidential candidates. So. Right, right. Um, so yeah, we're working on all that, um, and we want you to be a part of it. So if you do want to get involved with any of that, info at lpo.org, um, or chair at lpo.org, will get you what you need, um, and, um, hopefully we'll be, uh, talking here in about six, seven months, having turned in all the signatures, or here in a few weeks, having won the court case and move, moving on to, um, to bigger and better things. It, uh, most definitely. And this is uh, one of the most exciting times to be involved in the LPO uh, because of what challenges that do lie ahead are, are different avenues that many of us have not even walked down before. Right. Um, so, uh, 
yeah, you can't win if you're not in the game. And so Libertarian Party of Ohio is keeping libertarianism in the game here in Ohio politics. So. Well, most certainly. All right, thanks for talking, Bob. Thank you, Aaron. Yep. This has been Declare, the official podcast of the Libertarian Party of Ohio. This program is paid for by the Libertarian Party of Ohio, not authorized or endorsed by any candidate or candidate's committee. 2586 Tiller Lane, Suite 2K, Columbus, Ohio, 43231-2265. Call toll-free, 888-371-2965. And once again, reach your host, Aaron, at news at lpo.org.